1: Love, talk, radio. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. Uh, yesterday was national signing day, big day for IU football and colleges all around uh, the country. Indiana signed 23 uh, commits from uh, to the class for 2017. Uh, they signed all but one of uh, the guys who were committed uh Going into January, the, the one who got away was Kurt Raftell. He signed at Nebraska. Uh, IU also narrowly missed out on defensive end Bobby Roundtree. He ended up going to Illinois. Um, so, you know, not, not too many losses. It, it was an impressive feat for this, uh, for this class to stay together uh, through the staff changes that Indiana had uh, getting rid of Kevin Wilson uh, before the bowl game. And then you had um, then you had staff changes with offensive coordinator, receivers coach. Uh, you had Greg Fry leaving uh, about a week ago as well. Uh, but right now we want to bring in TJ Inman. Uh, TJ, first I want to thank you for all the hard work you did on the profiles for yesterday. Uh, we could not have had our highest traffic day uh, ever on Hoosier Huddle, without your hard work, and and I know people enjoyed reading those. So, uh, thank you, T.J.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm glad uh, I'm glad we're able to have so much success with them. That was uh, really great to see, and uh, I I hope that the incoming recruits, I hope that they they enjoyed having kind of that first bit of uh, exposure, and I, I I know that our our readers had some comments on there and I'm glad that uh, so many people were able to, uh, to read those and get just a little glimpse that, that I use new recruits. I really enjoyed doing the research on, on the new players. And uh, you know, I'm not a, not a talent evaluator expert, but I can, I can watch highlight tapes and kind of look at the measurables and um, do research as far as, you know, a team record and, uh, and find some, uh, local newspaper articles and stuff to to kind of see a little bit about what these guys are about, and then just try and think about where they fit into the roster, which is kind of what we're going to talk about today, uh, both for next season and long term. And and from there, uh, just kind of write those articles welcoming uh, the new players to, to Indiana, and um, it was uh, it was fun to do, and I, I'm glad we had had a really good day on the site. So, uh, you know, momentum for IU football and momentum for Hoosier Huddle. It's a good thing. Yeah,
1: and I want to get into some recruiting rankings first. It's something Tom Allen did uh, was asked about and talked about. Yeah. And I know fans uh, both in those Facebook groups who message um, or who comment on there and um, on our own Facebook page, who comment and message me on there? First, I want to apologize if I did not get back to your question yesterday. We were super swamped. Um, so I, I apologize um, if we didn't get to your message right away. Thanks for commenting. Thanks for the questions and all that. But a, a lot of the commenters are concerned with the class ranking uh, for yep. Indiana. They finished at, with a two four seven sports. Uh, I believe it's the composite uh, ranking of sixty third in the nation. Now the teams around them are they're not bad teams. Uh, they finished. Um, they finished just ahead of Vanderbilt, Wake Forest, BYU, uh, BC. They finished ahead of Houston, Cal. It um, Teams like that, they finished just behind Boise State, Cincinnati, uh, Kansas State, Minnesota, West Virginia, uh, Virginia. So the difference between 63 and, let's say, 50 uh, or, um, let's say, 55 is, is a player or two. Uh, I, I really actually like this class. What Tom Allen said yesterday on recruiting rankings uh He said, you know, he doesn't really pay attention to them. Uh, He tells his coaching staff to trust their evaluation skills. Um, The guys who do these recruiting rankings for the recruiting services are not football coaches. Uh, They get limited glances at these these prospects. Now, they put in hard work. They do know what they're talking about, but – you know, take a guy like Nick Tronti, who is a two-star player, but all the high school coaches in Florida, you know, voted in Mr. Football in the state and um, the class, I think, 5A Player of the Year as well. So, you know, you take these recruiting rankings with a grain of salt. Now, I'm not saying ignore them. You know, they don't matter. Of course they matter. If you're going to have a recruiting class that is, number one, you're, you're – Ceiling for your talent is better. It'd be nice to have, like Alabama has six five-star players uh, and 18 4 four-star players. You're going to have better quality depth in, in building a team. But I think Indiana uh, did pretty well in terms of their. If you want to go back and especially with the coaching transition to Kevin Wilson's first class in 2011, um, you know that you know he took over for Bill Lynch after that and. His recruiting class ranking for that class was higher than I thought, at uh, 57. But um, it it was, the numbers-wise, it was only a 157.88. The IU class coming in with Allen is at 163, uh, I believe. So just the, the talent is a little bit better. Um, than before but to, to me the rankings really take it a grain of salt look at the players tapes coming in look where they played uh, like TJ said we're not scouting experts um, but we can tell you we could you know tell you that you know getting nine players from the state of Florida which is arguably the best state for high school football is tremendous so um, that's my spiel on rankings let's get down to the class itself, I, I thought, it was a very good class. It filled the holes that they needed to fill, and um, yep. to me, it's uh, you know twenty-three. They missed out on Roundtree. That would have been a cherry on top of a of a great class um, to me. But it, it it just this class really, I, I think, could be special down the road. And, and there's a lot of kids you could get behind uh, and are who are easy to cheer for.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Just uh, a couple of. Um... Cool stories that uh, yesterday Morgan Ellison, uh, running back, that was one that, the, the one player that was not uh, committed to Indiana before yesterday, but signed with Indiana. Uh, he announced it yesterday via a YouTube video, which you know typically I would say is a bit uh, you know self-aggrandizing and attention-grabbing. However, this one was was uh, to me it was very well done. Uh, it was not kind of a, a look at me. It was more of a, you know, here's my story uh, told in kind of a, a tribute to his grandfather. Um, I highly recommend that uh, the fans of Indiana, um, or just college football fans in general, uh, take a look at that video. It's about three minutes long, so it's not going to take you hardly any time. Uh, we tweeted out the leaky the link to that yesterday uh, upon his commitment, so on that uh, out account, yeah
1: i'll I'll put the um, link out again either in his uh profile uh and, yeah. and again on Twitter for those who missed it and it, it was a um a a great video you see a lot of these yeah. um a lot of these players try to make it hyped up, but this really told his story, and his story is. Um is unique. You a know, good you, example you missed a couple.
0: He's I am Go just ahead. gonna say he's a good example of, of why uh recruiting rankings sometimes are skewed. Um, you know, missed his sophomore and junior seasons pretty much entirely, uh because of broken legs. Um not injuries that you know you, don't, you hope that they don't have a long-term impact on him, but you know, colleges just didn't know, uh, and they moved on and filled their classes with other running backs and turned their focus to other running backs that were playing, uh, guys that could evaluate. The same for, for scouting services, uh, you know, 247 and, and Scout and, uh, and rivals. You know, they, they moved on uh, past him. He was being looked at prior to his sophomore year, getting attention from all the powerful Midwest schools around here. Uh, you know, think of the, the Big Ten power, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State. They were giving him attention, breaks his leg. They move on. The scouting services move on. He gets forgotten about. Comes in his senior year and just tears it up, incredibly productive. Uh, the tape, it, it's very obvious he's a, 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 you know, very capable player, potentially much more than just capable. Um and it, you know, it just shows that. And for a while, Ellison was a, a two-star guy. He's now a three-star. I think his composite rating's like 85. One of the one of the top guys in this class for Indiana. Um, but I think it's probably a, a case where um, he does not end up at Indiana if he doesn't get hurt. He probably ends up at Ohio State um, or you know or Michigan State or something. Uh, so it, it could be a case where. You know, the injury um, ends up him going to IU, and I think it's a great situation for him. And uh, he seems very comfortable with Coach McCullough. Uh, and we know that Coach McCullough is very capable of turning, uh, you know, good players into great running backs. So, you know, we'll talk about the running back uh, class in a little bit here. But I think his story is really cool, uh, and he's a, a good example of why sometimes recruiting rankings are a little bit skewed just by basis of they haven't been able to evaluate them.
1: Yeah. And, and they have, um, you know, Hayden Whitehead who hadn't played American football uh, unranked, you know, Tyrese Freifogel who uh, coach heard was talking about at, at the great signing day event IU did put on last night uh, that, you know, his town had, fewer people than was at this event. Um so it it's tough to judge. I I just I I really do like this class. I'm not saying that as as a homer. It's it seems like all these uh players are, you know, they have high motivation. They all seem to have chips on their shoulder. Somebody either overlooked yeah. them um or didn't give them a chance or had a bad break. Uh things like that. So, you know, that's something you're going to need at Indiana is to play with that chip on your shoulder so you could beat the schools who, you know, either didn't recruit you or didn't look at you um, or who just didn't want you. Um, so that I, that's what I like about this class. Um, Morgan Ellison, I, I know you're very high about, uh, but a lot of these guys you're going to see, A lot of these guys playing, and and we'll have uh, some articles coming out here in the next few days on instant impact guys. Um, To to name a few, I think Ellison is a guy who you could see crack the running back rotation. Um, You know, Wap Fillier is is a dynamic slot guy who who could play. Uh, Jawan Burgess, uh, he's the highest-rated recruit in this class for IU. He can make an impact on special teams. Uh, he can make an impact on defense. But, you know, the, the talent that I use already had here is going to make it tougher for some of these guys to make it worthwhile playing their freshman year. And it, it is a new staff, uh, for the most part, with maybe some new philosophies. Uh, Allen did say the best players will play, and, and now that he's got his guys who, who he's recruited, maybe they'll get a shot. So, uh, to me, you know, looking at, at guys to make an impact on special teams. It's, it's someplace that they need to clean up. I think Hayden uh, Whitehead will do that. Apparently, he, he could punt with both feet. Um, you know, he, He's a left-footed kid, uh, punter, and so he'll punt better with his left foot, but he could also punt rolling out to his right with his right foot. So, you know, it's... That should be an upgrade at that position, and there's some upgrades uh, other places. Maybe Nick Tronti pushes um, pushes Richard Lego to 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 be better, to improve, and put some heat on him in that position, where you know really didn't see that with Austin King and, and Peyton Ramsey yet. So maybe he pushes that whole group to be better, uh, and, and that only improves the team. So I, I really like this class. Uh, the most impressive part uh, to me was how they they kept this together. And, and a lot of times when you have coaching changes, the class falls apart. And only one guy who had been committed, decommitted, um, you missed out on, on Bobby Roundtree. So, you know, you called a one-and-a-half misses, but for a staff going through as many changes as I did, that was that was impressive to me. What, what impressed you with this class, T.J.?
0: I agree with that. Uh, I also was very impressed with how they finished. uh, Particularly, you know, it was kind of the offensive side of the ball that finished really strong, uh, which was a little bit surprising considering, you know, Tom Allen's the guy that that came in uh, as the head coach. uh, Well, the offensive, you know, the guy credited as being the offensive genius of the staff, Uh, head coach Kevin Wilson departs, uh, it was a little bit surprising to see the offense finish as strong as it did. Um, I I think it's obviously very impressive to land as many high-quality Florida guys as they did. Um, And the great thing about that is that does not appear to be a connection that's going to disappear anytime soon. Um, You know, Coach Inge, uh, Coach Allen, um, they have connections in Florida that aren't going to disappear. So um, I'm, I'm very impressed by that. And just the overall um, the overall body types in this class, uh, which, you know, it sounds weird to talk about like that, but, you know, that's, that's what it is. Uh, just the, the length um, and, and size of this class is something I think is very impressive. Uh, along the defensive line, you're really bulking up there. Uh, Juan Harris is listed is coming in at 6'4", uh, 368, according to 247. Uh, Tom Allen made a comment yesterday on an interview he had in the Big Ten Network uh, where he, he said that those the weights for him and Caleb Jones were uh, a little bit under what they actually weigh, which is uh, th- astounding. I mean, Juan Harris yeah, is a, and they. Very big man, and, and Caleb Jones. I have seen Caleb Jones in person. He's listed at six eight, three seventy. He's he's bigger than that. Uh, he is an absolute mountain of a man, and I, 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 just the overall size of this class. Not in terms of, uh, you know, the number of recruits, but in in the recruits, their size and length. I think is is something that's very impressive to me.
1: Yeah, and they had. Um... Juan Harris come up on stage with Coach Hagan while the the position coaches were introducing their uh, position groups. And he is a a massive human being. um, And I think he's one of the guys who could be a plug-and-play guy. He has quick feet. Uh, His tape is outstanding. Uh, So as long as they could, you know, keep him focused on the field, I, I think they'll have a great player in him. I you know so we'll we'll have a, a mock two deep coming out here in the next week or so where we'll try and plug in some of these recruits um, and some yep. of these signees to where they might play this year. Uh, but it, it's going to be a, a fantastic spring uh, with some of these early enrollees. You have Mike McGinnis, Hayden Whitehead. Um, you know Thomas Allen is on campus. Uh, the Tyler Knight is there. Uh, and I, I believe there's one more, um, but I'm blanking on it right now. But these guys are on campus. They're learning the systems and, and guys who can make an impact right away. So I think they yeah. filled all their needs. Uh, they got a couple linebackers uh, or three linebackers. Uh, they fill that hole that Marcus Oliver left uh, by declaring to the draft. Uh, two running backs. I, I really. Think that they needed it. Uh, Craig Nelson is the other one. I played in Dade County at Booker T. Washington High School down in Miami. Uh, was all Dade County, and uh, you know the rumor out of Dade County is that they've had more Division One players per year uh, than like the the state of Illinois outside of Chicago does in a year. So it, it's really impressive where they're getting these guys from. Uh, and, and I think the running back group, you could see you know, either of them jumping in and playing this year. Uh, where you might see some red shirts is, is maybe at the wide receiver position. IU does get Simi Cobbs back. They get Nick Westbrook back as well. Uh, and then they have the freshman who red shirted from last year, uh, who we'll talk about at another point in time as well. So you could see Tyrese Freifogel um, possibly redshirting. Uh, he fits that mold of Semi Cobb's and Nick Westbrook. So, right, you know that that's the offensive lineman. Uh, maybe a Caleb Jones red shirts to he's a raw talent. Uh, maybe he red shirts and, and gets ready. Uh, you do have some linemen uh, who who can be plug and play guys this year. Uh, maybe Harry Kreider comes in and, and takes over at center uh, where IU had a few issues, uh, but. You know, we'll we'll see. There's a lot of talent in both this red shirt group moving up, and uh, the incoming true freshmen uh, that'll be hitting the field in the fall. Yeah, I, I I think it's
0: important to remember that, and it's a good thing. Indiana returns the majority of their team from last season, um, so there's not going to be a ton of playing time available right away. Uh, it is going to be important that they continue to, uh, you know, increase depth. And, and Tom Allen talked about it yesterday, that Indiana, and we've, I mean, it, it's not a new story. Indiana was very close in a number of games against high-profile opponents, but they were unable to close the deal in any of them. Uh, and that that's, as the, the motto is, true, and that's what they're talking about, is, getting from close to victory, uh, you know, and yeah. I think and, and if I had a increasing the depth.
1: For every time ahead. they said breakthrough, if I had a nickel every time that one of the coaches said breakthrough, I, I'd be retired by now. I, it's like every other <laughs> sentence is breakthrough. Um, and, and that's, you know, going uh, piggybacking on you is getting to that next level. Now you have some really quality freshmen coming in who – you know, could spell some of these veterans uh, for bits of time and, and save them for the rest of the season and maybe not have those breakdowns that they've had in the fourth quarter. Um, and another note on, on late in the game stuff, uh, I believe Tennessee was first either in the country or the SEC in fourth quarter yep. offense. Uh, Mike DeBoard was the uh, was the offensive coordinator there. He's here now. Um, so, you know, that's another good sign. And, uh talk about this staff they they're very loose it, it's so much different than when Kevin Wilson was here where guys kind of seemed up tight um you know didn't want to step on toes uh these guys were joking at this event last uh, last night joking around talking to people laughing um Tom Allen was telling stories about how um how his son Thomas and and Grant Hurd uh, did some wrestling move, and, and it caught Coach Hurd off of uh, off guard, and, you know, he just wanted to set this. And people were laughing. So the, I think the atmosphere surrounding the, the, this program with this coaching staff is lighter. Um, is, it's just a brighter, happier place to be, and I think that will go a long way uh, in, in terms of making it enjoyable for players to come in and work hard and not dread having to go to practice or, you know, wake up early. I think these coaches want to be here and want to coach, and these players want to play for these coaches. So, you know, look for big things uh, in 17 out of these guys. And and I was just impressed with just the the attitude of this coaching staff yesterday.
0: Good to hear, and I, it's perfectly understandable. I mean, Tom Allen came across very well in the interviews. Um, I – I'm just I'm excited about uh, the overall direction, and I, I was, you know, right away uh, when Tom Allen was first introduced as defensive coordinator. I, I feel the same way now as I do then, uh, and now it's backed up by his positive results. And uh, I, I think it's unquestionable the overall talent level of Indiana football, of the roster uh, from top to bottom, continues to improve each year. I mean, we were talking uh texting earlier just uh, you know about getting our 2D uh ready and you know there are some uh some upperclassmen that that are uh going to be juniors and seniors that it's kind of hard to see a path to the field for them um because the the redshirt freshmen and the true freshmen uh are quite frankly we feel better about them as players uh, than than those those returning upperclassmen that are that are juniors and seniors that that have not seen the field very much yet, and it it kind of is hard to see a path to the field where they do. So, you know, the overall talent level uh, continues to improve, um, and I, I think it's really exciting. and and, and you have a, a high number of returning guys as well. So there's not. Really, hardly any roster turnover, which you know, continuity is incredibly important in any sport, especially uh, football, where it's you know it's so much about physical development and, and mental development uh, as you you know get experience and snaps as well as time in the in the weight programs and and the conditioning programs. So, I think all that's very exciting. You know, looking at kind of position by position, I guess we'll start with defensive line. Uh, which has the most guys coming in in this class. Juan Harris, LaShawn Minor are kind of the two uh, defensive tackles. Michael Zimba and Britt Beery um, kind of could be swing guys that, that play inside and outside, similar to Jacob Robinson, you know, the role that he's had. You know, Britt Beery is the guy that stands out. Uh, to me, saw him play at Carmel uh, some, he, very productive um, uh, he's a he's a big guy. He's, he's maybe six seven by now. They said he was still growing, uh, so he's got a lot of height and a lot of length. Uh, and I, I think that I think that Mark Hagan said yesterday he had already gotten up to about 280. Uh, he's listed at 270, and it sounds like he continues to pack on weight, uh, which leads me to believe he'll be in kind of the Jacob Robinson type role. Uh, I think he's a very interesting player. Uh, Michael Ciembo is a very good athlete, played tight end as well. With was a productive tight end, and they're going to start him out on defense. But it sounds like he's a guy that they're not quite sure yet what his role is going to be, but they're excited about him uh, and the athleticism he's going to bring to that group. And then uh, the pass rushers, uh, Lance Bryant from Texas uh, is the, the bigger one right now appears to be the one more ready to play, six two, two forty five. Uh, and Then Trey Reese is uh, another very, very good story. Not a good story, but a, a story of overcoming uh, to get to Division I uh, and to get to Indiana. He's had some personal tragedies in his life that uh, no one should have to deal with, especially someone as young as he was when it happened. Uh, and the the story of that is in his profile on the site. But, you know, a kid from Florida uh, that's very, very athletic and quick off the line, kind of your ideal edge pass rusher if he can pack on 15, 20 pounds. Right now he's only listed at 220. He's a little bit slight uh, at this time. That does not mean that he can't get bigger. Uh, He certainly has the potential to be an elite-level pass rusher for Indiana uh, sometime in the future. I I think he's a guy that you could see redshirt. Indiana has some some guys returning that are similar in frame to him that will be ahead of him in terms of how long they've been in the program. Um, So I think uh, Tremar Reed's a guy with the very bright future uh, that might not make an impact during his freshman year unless he puts on uh, the weight, the muscle mass that I'm talking about, to take on uh, those those Big Ten tackles early on. So that's just my overview thoughts on the defensive line. The tackles, I, I forgot to mention them. I think Juan Harris, uh, you mentioned it, an, an instant impact guy. I, I do believe he is someone that will crack uh, the defensive tackle rotation. It's a, it's a spot that you probably want to have uh, probably – want to have a, a rotation of six guys for those two spots you feel really confident in um and then you know if injuries happen uh you want to have maybe another one or two to bring it to seven or eight guys um i think indiana right now um has probably three or four that they already feel good about you bring everybody back except for uh, ralph green So I think there is some room to break into one of those. I think the top four guys for the defensive tackles will play quite a few snaps every game, and I think Juan Harris could be uh, that that third or fourth option there uh, behind Patrick Dougherty and um, uh, Hoff. Nate Hoff. Yeah, Nate Hoff, and uh, I think he's a – due to his size and the ability we've seen on tape, like you said, consistency is going to be the issue uh, there for him. But he's a highly talented guy that uh, Indiana has not had too many players. Uh, I can't think of too many that have come in as physically imposing as he already is um, uh, as far as defensive lineman goes. But from a physical profile, I think you look at Ralph Green that, that graduated uh, I think that Juan Harris has the potential to, to be, um, you know, the type of player that Ralph Green was and, and, you know, hopefully a little more year to year consistency than Green had. Uh, but Ralph Green had a really good final season. And I think that's what you'd like to see from Juan Harris uh, during his career at Indiana. Um, so that's, that's my thoughts on the defensive line. If you want to, Expand on that, or we can move on to a, a different position group. If you think I touched on it all,
1: yeah, I, I think you got it all on the defensive line. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see who redshirts there and and who plays because yeah. it was an area it, it was an area of focus uh, this class. Uh, let's move to uh, to line to linebacker, and, and we'll just go down the line on on defense or uh, from sure. front to back. Uh linebacker IU does lose Marcus Oliver to uh the NFL draft. Uh they do return T Gray scales. That in itself was like getting another five star recruit uh back. He's arguably the best linebacker in the country. Um, maybe people from bigger schools will, you know, look down on that. But um he's arguably the best linebacker in the country. Then you bring in uh, a JUCO transfer, um, he was honorable mention All-American at at, a, uh, at ASA College in Brooklyn, uh, is uh, Mike McGinnis. He's a guy who fits the mold of Oliver. He's uh, a tough tackler. He uh, can force fumbles as well. So it's good to have a guy who's proven. Uh, he was originally a, a University of Miami commit, uh, went down there, I guess didn't like it. Moved to ASA um, College in Brooklyn uh, for a, a year or two, and now is in in Bloomington. I think he he will uh, fit fit the role of Mar- Marcus Oliver. Then you have uh, Mo Burnham uh, coming. He was a Tennessee commit. Uh, people they love his athleticism. He's a guy who might need a year um to fill in uh especially behind um behind uh Scales and those guys in front of him Scales uh Covington uh Damian Willis yeah uh and and those guys so it's you know it, it's not a lack of talent on his he has big ten size he's 6'2" 220 already uh, it's a matter of is it worth um uh, is he worth uh, playing uh, this early for a couple plays just to burn a year? Uh, but who knows? Yeah. He, he could go, you know, develop into a, a pro linebacker as well, so you might as well play him uh, freshman year. But he he would add depth, uh, maybe see team, uh, some time on, on special teams as well. And then you have Thomas Allen, uh, the third uh, linebacker in the group, it's Tom Allen's son uh he played a, he's played a lot of a lot of football in in his uh young career he's a guy who's you know coach's kid usually smart knows knows the defense he's tough i believe they said he had 470 tackles in four years of high school uh so he's a guy who uh again with i use. Depth fit linebacker now with McGinnis could probably redshirt and, and see some time in, in the future, but uh, you know he's he's a bigger guy. He's he's played winning football. Uh, he's productive with uh, 470 tackles. So I think he's a, he's a good get, and and we'll see how he plays for his dad. It'll be interesting to see that dynamic. Uh, TJ, anything else on the linebackers?
0: No, I I I just I think I think it's. I personally think it's likely one of those two, uh, Thomas Allen or Mo Burnham, I think one of those two will uh, will play. Um, I don't think that both of them will. I think Mike McGinnis cracks the two deep uh, and, and battles with, with Chris Covington for the starting spot next to Gray Scales. Um, I personally really like Chris Covington's game. Uh, and uh, just I, I think the athletic duo – of Scales and Covington would be uh, really, really good, particularly against teams that spread it out and pass quite a bit. And then maybe you see uh, McGinnis partner with Scales uh, against run-heavy teams. But I think it's a – getting McGinnis was a real must uh, because he's a guy that uh, in theory is going to be ready to play big-time college football uh, pretty early on and not need much of an adjustment period. So that was a big get. And then Thomas Allen and Mo Burnham, uh, two younger guys that really, number one, fill in the depth this year if needed, but more importantly, uh, replenish the linebacking core for the future. So um, big time there. True corners with Damian Hunt and then Raheem Lane, uh, late commitment to Indiana, uh, the decommitment from Minnesota. Uh, both these guys a little bit bigger corners than what the what Indiana has on most of the roster. Uh, it's important to get There's a pair six, of true six one yeah, I think six, is what I'm saying.
1: Between six foot and six one is what Alan said yesterday. Yeah. Um you know, with Richard Fant at, at one corner, I think he's a a five ten or five eleven. Um, yep. And A.J. Riggins at the other corner, where he's I think about six feet. These bigger, bigger corners uh, are hu- are excuse pun, are huge for for IU in terms of having run support from the secondary, um, and and they needed the depth. Uh, IU's had depth issues at uh, corner. Uh, thankfully, A.J. Riggins came up with a big. Big uh, freshman year, and then of course you have Richard Fant who's coming back as well. And just like T. Gray Scales, that's a that's almost like getting another big time recruit out there. So these these are the two guys who you know have instant impact um, potential uh, just because that there's very little depth at at corner, and IU needed to get get two corners, and, and these guys. I, I think have uh, or two of the fastest guys in the class. And if you watch their tape, TJ, yeah. their stride length, when they get into the open field, is unbelievable. It's almost one stride per, per five yards. And um, I think it was Raheem Lane's first play on, on that tape is an interception or a fumble recovery where he takes it back for a touchdown. And the last 30 yards, it, I mean, it almost was like six steps. So yeah. they have. Uh, it, it almost looks like true, like track sprinter speed, but with football um, instincts. So I, I like both of those guys.
0: Yeah, Raheem Lane in particular appears to be a guy that uh, just physically. I mean, his his uh, his body appears to be,
1: um, you know, I, and, I and I'll go out on the one and ready, say he, he, he's going to have a, a touchdown return he's going to return something for a touchdown either next year or whenever he touches the field. Um, He's got that kind of speed and he's got a little on in him um, as well with, with some swag and and confidence. So I I do think uh, Raheem Lane is going to take either a punt or a kick or an interception or a fumble back for touchdown.
0: Yeah, that that would not stun me. He, the, the highlight tape showed a number of those and, um, uh, he's a, a a player that the measurables are certainly there for for both him and Hunt that you look for in, in cover corners and uh, it was important to, to fill out the depth and I, I do think there's a good chance um, that at least one of those guys sees the field quite a bit and it's very possible both of them do uh, if if they can come in and and you know perform pick up the corners a, a position that there's not a ton of complexity to it. It's very hard to do, uh, but there's not a huge learning curve uh, in this defense for the corners. So, you know, we saw with Deshaun Riggins uh, last year, it's very possible for true freshmen to come in and and, uh, be able to get early playing time at that position. So we'll see there. The safeties uh, or athletes is what they're being listed at, but Indiana's going to start both of them, at either safety or Husky Uh, Jawan Burgess and Bryant Fitzgerald two of the higher recruited or higher ranked guys in the class Bryant Fitzgerald from Avon Indiana he's been committed uh, for a while Jawan Burgess a a flip from USC Uh, these are two guys that there's a whole lot to be excited about
1: yeah and I think they said Fitzgerald was going to play Husky he's a little bit bigger um, body type he's you know, he could play linebacker. Uh, he could play safety. He's got great ball skills. Uh, when he has the ball in his hand, he played running back, too, at Avon. And you saw on the highlight tape, I mean, he's spinning off of tackles on returns. Uh, he's a guy who, who could see some playing time uh, behind uh, Marcelino Ball. And then Jawan Burgess is another guy who Allen compared to um Jonathan Crawford and having yep. a guy like that now Burgess should get onto the field he he's probably the best athlete of this group um in in terms of skill size speed and everything but it'll be hard to displace a guy like Jonathan Crawford. Uh, Tony Fields played well last year as well. Uh, and then you have Chase Duter there. So he could break into that top into that um too deep uh, will he start? No, but he could take some of the heat off of Crawford and Fields. I, I, you know, yeah. Crawford played a, in, in two years. He's played a lot of football. He played almost. He played every play his freshman year. I would say he's on the field ninety-five percent of the time last year. Uh, so yeah. to get a guy who could, as a freshman, jump in and, and give some of these guys a break early on in the season, late in the season. Uh, to keep their legs and keep them fresh would be really huge. And and Burgess is a guy who who could do that. He's a heavy hitter. He has a nose for the ball. Uh, He has good hands. Uh, He also played receiver. And I think he he might be your guy on kick returns uh, as well.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's a spot where you don't want to – I mean, you're not – I'd be stunned if you redshirted. And – so if you're going to use his his eligibility as a freshman, you want to get kind of get your money's worth, if you will, uh, and, and make sure that it's worth you know doing. It. And like you said, Jonathan Crawford is not going to be someone that uh, you take off the field on defense very often. Uh, so you know you are going to find other ways to get Juwan Burgess involved. And one of those ways is kick return. Uh, and it's a spot in the end. is looking for electricity on, and, and he can bring it for sure. An elite-level athlete uh, that I'm very excited to see what Indiana can do with him and what he can do in Bloomington. Um, I think it's going to be. Uh, it's very possible that a strong year from Jonathan Crawford uh, means that he goes to the NFL after this coming season. It's possible. I don't know if it's probable, but it's possible. And it does. If he does, then you've got you know you've got the replacement there. Uh, the guy that can step up as a sophomore in Jawan Burgess, uh, and it's uh, that's, that's a long-term thing. A uh, short-term thing is, I think, kick or turn, and like you said, uh, taking a little bit of that burden off of Jonathan Crawford uh, and Tony Field to, at safety. Um, and then Brian Fitzgerald at Husky is a, a big hitter, uh, versatile player that I, I think Tom Allen will uh, really love having as a guy to move around the defense and and you can never have too many top level athletes that can tackle. You can never have too many of those guys because so much of the college game now is built on speed and getting things to the perimeter and guys that can, that can match speed for speed with the top offensive players and then make tackles are just, I mean, they're priceless. So it, it was really big to get these two players, um, I'm very excited about what both of them can bring to IU secondary.
1: Yeah, definitely. And and I think, you know, some of it goes into IU's got to start blowing out some of these lesser opponents to get some of these older guys off the field um, a little bit, uh, you know, getting these young guys to run. And I I think that's hurt in the past with quarterback development. But let's switch over to offense uh, we'll start at quarterback. Uh, IU does have some issues at quarterback. Uh, Richard Lego had um, problems holding on to the ball. Uh, he did throw for over three thousand yards, uh, and and holds the school record for most passing yards in a game. I think he he has the skills. They just have to fine tune him. Uh, you know, maybe his mechanics a little bit. But the the guy in this group, Nick Tronti. Uh, you know, t- Tom Allen had his eye on him for what it seems, uh, you know, he said yesterday was for a little bit. Uh, as soon as he got the job as head coach, he went after him. It was a lot of his connections down in Florida pointed this guy out to him and how he's under-recruited, and he liked what he saw. He's a winner. He comes up in the clutch. Um, the dude just put up numbers. Uh, and Yep. Um, it, 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 a, a lot of numbers. He won Florida, uh, you know, Mr. Football for Florida. That's you know, award won by guys like Dante Culpepper, uh, Tim Tebow, uh, Delvin Cook. So you know, you're not a joke if you win that um, win that award. I think you know he he might have been under recruited because of his size. He's only six two, but he's six two two fifteen. Uh, he's a dual threat guy. He could take a hit if he needs to. Um, the do I see him cracking the two deep? And, and this is a lot of commenters and fans uh, are discussing this, is can he get into the two deep? Now, the issue here is he will be 15 practices behind in the new system when he comes on yeah. campus. Uh, you know, can he make that that lost time up, um, you know, in fall camp? I, uh, maybe there's a role for him like IU used uh, Xander last year but I, I really think that it is, he's going to end up playing in a backup role until Lego uh, graduates or, you know, he turns some heads and, and earns a job uh, this year. But either way, he's a tremendous get, an under-recruited guy who, who just can ball out.
0: Yeah, I, I doubt they use his red shirt in a Xander Diem type role. Uh if they have that kind of package in the offense, uh, if Lego ends up starting and they want a mobile threat for some packages on offense, I think Peyton Ramsey um, might have enough mobility to do something like that. Uh, and you don't burn the red shirt for Nick Tronti. I I don't know. We'll see. There's, there's, you know, there's certainly some unknown here, but uh, I am very, very excited about the future uh, for Nick Tronti. And I, I, I think he might end up winning a whole lot of games at Indiana and be a player that uh, fans really love watching um, based on things that I've read and seen
1: from him. And, and I, these types of players typically. He's a high character. Yeah. High character guy. Um, He's good in the classroom because of size. I mean, those kind of players usually produce
0: at a big level.
1: Yeah. Chip on his shoulder. Uh, You know, he's not 5'10", he's 6'2". So, I mean, he he could roll out and make throws. Yeah, and he's 215. It's not like having Xander at 160 where every hit you hold your breath and and hope he gets up. But Nick Tronti, clutch player, we'll see uh, where he comes in next year. Let's switch to running back. We talked a little bit about this at the opening, um, and we'll expand on it. I think these two running backs can get on the field as soon as next year. Morgan Ellison, uh, you know, we're probably going to see Camion Patrick starting if he's healthy. Uh, Morgan Ellison can jump the rest of the group who has been kind of underwhelming, uh, in their last, you know, couple years on campus. Mike Bajette can't seem to stay healthy. Devonte Williams has issues staying healthy and hasn't been that productive. Uh, Cole guest, you know, was a little banged up, uh, and then you have Ricky Brookens and Alex Rodriguez. So he could make that jump to the number two spot. Um, a powerful runner. It reminds us of Jordan Howard and how he runs. Um, and then you have Craig Nelson, who's the speed back, uh, the, the fast guy who who is kind of like Guest in terms of burst. He's the guy that this group was missing last year when Guest went down. And he could – you know, jump if Guest gets hurt or um, or something like that. He could jump into that group as well. So I, I think these running backs are ready to jump into the Big Ten, whether or not they're not going to be 200 carry backs yet, but they could take some of the load off of Camion and the rest of the group maybe get 40 to 50 carries this season and, and be game changers on special teams as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. – yeah, very accurate. I think Craig Nelson is a guy that uh, could contribute very early on special teams. I don't see him getting very many carries early on, um, but I, I could be wrong about that. Uh, another player that um, you know might be under recruited because he was at a very high-profile high school, Booker T. Washington. Uh, he was a corner for the first two years of his eligibility, switched over to running back, um, when, you know, before his senior year and was not really expected to play much. And then a couple of injuries ahead of him and he gets a chance and produces, uh, at a, a pretty big clip and, uh, tons of speed for him. Um, maybe punt return type perhaps, or maybe pairs with Burgess as, as kick return, uh, guys. I'm not sure, but, uh, you know, I think that
1: it's very possible. The, the, kick, the, kick re- the kick return game should be wide open. IU hasn't returned a yeah. kick or two past the 40-yard line in like two years, uh, and that's yeah. going to change. Under Allen, he's taken special teams very seriously, uh, and it's something that IU needs to fix. So I think that you know, if one of these freshmen can provide that spark, um, that IU's been missing on special teams, he's gonna play and regardless if that's the only position he plays, he's still gonna play. Uh and they'll burn that red shirt for that. Uh and, and let's move on to wide receivers here as, you know, we're we're running a little low on time, uh so I'll have to go a little quick uh quickly. Um now the IU site does list rip Beery as a wide receiver, um, but I don't think that's true. Um, Let's start with uh, Ty, uh, Tyrese Fryfogle. He's a guy that new wide receivers coach Grant Hurd uh, brought in from Mississippi. Uh, he was almost a lock to go to Ole Miss. He's a 6'2", 205 receiver who kind of reminded us of of Simmy and Nick Westbrook. So yeah. we'll see. I think he redshirts, but he has tremendous hands, is a tremendous athlete, and, would be a nice bridge um, after either, you know, if Simmy puts up a good year, he could go pro, and then Nick Westbrook would also be draft eligible if he puts up a, a good season. But either way, yeah. he would be a good bridge for that 2019 uh, receiving core if if both of those guys stay for the senior years.
0: Yeah, I think he is uh... – one of the most probable red shirt candidates just because of the personnel in front of him and how closely he matches up with them. Um, and then the guys coming off of redshirt as well are of the bigger variety. Uh, Jonah Morris and Phil Banker and Tayser Mack and then Donovan Hale is also a, a bigger receiver. So um, hard to see a pass playing time right away for him, but, but certainly, you know, a, a good gift for the future and a guy that the wide receiver coach Grant Hurd really likes, obviously. Um, and then I think Walt Fillier, uh, he's going to start out of the
1: slot, and I think he's going to play. Uh, he's, yeah, he's the, he's the guy that, you know, you don't explosive. know what you have in the slot. Yeah, he's the guy who's exposing you don't know what you have in the slot with Jason Harris coming off of two knee injuries. Uh, you have Luke Timmy in there. Um so, you know, it's we'll see. I think, you know, Wap can break into that too deep. He could be a, sh- a bigger Shane Wynn-esque uh, type of player with yep. his speed at 5'11", at 185. And, too, he has, he has an awesome football name, Wap Fillier. Um, so, I, I slot is a position that IU will need. He's a bigger slot guy as well. Um, and I think the opportunity is there. The other... Um, yeah. wide receiver they have there's another one um, well, Peyton Hendershot I guess I mean his tight end or yeah receiver, we'll but... we move on to t- tight ends wide receivers uh, Peyton Hendershot um, you know one of the issues this the last couple of years has been the lack of use of tight ends in the passing game uh, Mike DeBoard talked about that yesterday um, he said he's a tight end coach we're going to throw the ball to the tight end and everybody um, everybody in that room cheered. Uh, Hendershot is a guy who could go up and get it uh, at six four two twenty seven, 227. He's a tremendous athlete. They showed highlights of him uh, playing basketball and just dunking, posterizing people. Uh, he could be a, a game-breaker at tight end. Now, there is some depth. There are some, some rumors going out there that some of the tight end guys could be uh, gone or, or not gone. But you have Danny Friend back. Uh, you have Austin yep. Doris back and you have um, Sean Bonner back and, and Ian Thomas as well. Uh, so there's four guys there, but if they, you know, if Hendershot could jump a couple of these guys, I don't think that uh, the board would have an issue playing five tight ends um, in that position. So we'll, we'll see where they go there. He could uh, red shirt and, and we'll see, uh, you know, but um, Ian Thomas, I think, will be a senior. Uh, Danny Friend is a senior. Uh, right. and so, at least in the next year, in the 2018 season, uh, there'll be, be more opportunity for yep. Hendershot to play.
0: Right. Away. Yep, I, I would totally agree with all of that. And then offensive line, Tyler Knight, um, a great shirt last season. Uh, so, he's, a, you know, a little bit ahead of these other guys.
1: But, um, but, but he's a great shirt. He great. Tyler Knight didn't gray shirt. He just oh, enrolled early. Sorry. Yeah. Um, he enrolled early uh, in January so he is a little ahead, but he's he was the first commit for this class. You're right. I believe he committed back in November of 2015. Yeah. Uh, and um you know, it, it, he's been amazing to talk to and really loves IU coming down from uh coming up from down in Florida. So we'll see where he, he plays. He's a guy who uh, could, could play as a freshman. And then uh, other offensive linemen, Harry Kreider from Columbus, Indiana. I didn't get a chance to see him play, but uh, Matt Weaver has. He's an alum of, of Columbus uh, Columbus East, I believe. Um, yep. Kreider's one of those few true centers. Uh, in in right. high school, played center in high school, who will probably play center in college, and uh, I think he he might have a shot. I, you know, Indiana was couldn't settle on a center last year, and then you you know we all thought uh, Simon Stepniak and, and Hunter Littlejohn would be the next in that group behind um, behind guys like Jake Reed and stuff, uh, but that hasn't really materialized yet. Is there going to be an opportunity for Kreider to, to crack? That too deep at center.
0: Yes, absolutely. I, I think at worst he's going to be the backup, and I think it's very possible he ends up starting. Uh, he's very athletic, moves well. He's big, um, but you know, really he's textbook center uh, coming in. It's just a matter of whether or not uh, somebody else beats him for the position. But uh, you know, with a new offensive line coach coming in and a new offensive coordinator, it's not you know, not beholden to anyone. Uh and no one no one really has any reason to think they're the starting center. I think Kreider could uh could grab that spot and I think at worst he's gonna be the backup.
1: Um yeah I like him a lot. And then and Caleb Jones, uh Caleb gigantic. Jones is the Yeah, he's listed at six eight, three seventy. Um You've seen him in person, and I'll take your word for it. He's bigger than that. Um, his talent is raw. He's a guy who will probably play tackle, and yeah. Um, yeah. will have probably have the opportunity to redshirt, develop his skills, and become a real yeah. player down, a real good player for this team uh, down the road. Uh, T.J., we're yeah. uh, we're at a uh, we're at her, a time. Real quick.
0: Yeah, real quick yeah. on Jones. He played in a, a run-heavy system at Lawrence North. Uh, wing T option, so very little pass blocking. So I would highly, uh, really, really think he'll redshirt. But he does move well for a guy his size. Uh, nasty streak on the field, but a very nice kid off of it. Um, he went to the high school that I attended, Lawrence North. Um, played against really good competition every week in the mix. So I think a very bright future, especially with a kid of his size. Uh, no doubt a potential, you know, NFL tackle just based on his body and physicality and athleticism, just a matter of whether or not he can harness that. So.
1: Yep. Well, I, that does it for today's show. Uh, we'll have coverage throughout the offseason. Spring practice starts March 4th. Spring game is Thursday, April 13th. Um, Thank you. We'll have our reactions on that. TJ, thanks for joining us uh, today. Thanks for all the hard work you put in. And, guys, keep following us at Hoosier underscore huddle uh, and com. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, have a great week, everybody. Thank you.
1: Thanks. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll get working on spring ball uh, as soon as we can.
0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
1: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve
0: with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at
1: meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader.